Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. All right, welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Daniel. And this is Mike. And I'm Gary. And we're going to be talking about how to love yourself. Learning so, to love yourself. Learning to le- love yourself. What a great so, topic. Great it topic. is. Um, because, I mean, definitely with this addiction, uh, you get to a point where you're not really in tune with yourself, and it's something that, you know, at least for me, there's points where I was very... I hated myself. I was very combatant about that and what I was doing and, you know, uh, looking at other people, like, look how amazing they are and I'm just garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, and th- through the recovery process, you have to get to a point where you're, you know, coming you know, to accept yourself and, and loving who you are. And, and, and I'm sure the same is even on the opposite spectrum with, uh, you know, the betrayed spouses. You know, they're, they're struggling with that as well because of their own um issues and frustrations i think the word that comes in mind when i think of this topic is incongruence it's this incongruence Mm -hmm. of my acting out behavior and my what i perceive is my inner self yeah that's sort of that sense of what i want to be that the core values that i cling to as a human what i think is important and my behavior is completely incongruent with that. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And so that creates the conflict, I think, that you're referring yeah. to. It's this sense of I'm not who I'm supposed to be, and I I know that I'm supposed to be this kind of a person. I know I was raised differently. I know mm-hmm. that this is certainly not the values that I espouse. And I certainly know that if I were to take my behavior home and talk to my parents, that they would be very disappointed in my behavior, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And I think... It's that incongruence that creates this this conflict. It's a very much an inner conflict. And I think you hit it right on the head. And acting out behavior then causes me to have this tremendous amount of remorse. Oh, yeah. And this feeling of hopelessness and senselessness and why am I such a loser and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And so learning to love, learning to love myself and, to, and, and learning to love others is a, is a learned behavior then that I have to work through. I have to figure that piece of it back out. So... You know, the uh, thought that I had while you guys were talking is there are a number of things that nobody needs to tell you that you don't like. Right. For example, nobody likes to be lied to. Sure. And nobody has to teach you that. Yeah. Right. Just nobody nobody likes it. You know, yeah. you just know it's wrong regardless of what your background is or your culture or where you come from. That's just one of those things that nobody likes. Nobody likes. But as an addict, you lie. Yeah. In you fact, know. I don't think you can be an addict without lying. Oh, yeah. It's a prerequisite. Yes. But so then, so then how can some, it goes back to that incongruence that you yes. were talking about. And this is just one example. It's a good example, but it's just one because there's a lot of those at yeah. play. Um, you know, I can't, that's where that whole thinking of if people really knew. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I'm unlovable. If people really knew what I was like, they would not, they I would be abandoned. I, right. you, know, you know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, you know the truth about yourself. Yeah. And you don't like that. Right. And you're, and it's so fundamental. It's so fundamental that you really can't. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It does. It does. It's interesting as I've as I've witnessed 
literally hundreds of people who've gone through to some level of, 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 of a program or recovery or something like that. And to see the crutch, the piece that I think that people hang on to is sort of the way, it's the path that gets them to acting out. And it's this love of self in a lot of ways that is a very common path. It's this, it's this sense of saying, um, I'm, I'm, a piece of, I'm a piece of shit. I'll always be a piece of shit. doesn't matter what I do. It's still shit. Mm-hmm. Even though it may be you know, glowing, you know, a boss who's saying you're fantastic, family member saying you're wonderful, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's that mentality that allows them then the path to continue on acting out. I see that a lot. Uh, which is, which is, I will tell you, from my perspective, is a bit unique. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily recognized it, and yet, and yet, it's a very common, it's a very common thing with a lot of folks. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, you know, it's something I learned. You know, through the abuse growing up, it was something that was quite often told to me. Right. You know, I, I'd come home from school, and it's like, well, that's worthless. Why'd you do that? You know, and all the mistakes in like the drawing I made or whatever I had done was pointed out. And it's like, so I I learned like, okay, well, I I guess that was amazing. I thought it was great, but it's, it's not worthwhile, you know? And then I'd bring home something else and the same thing, or, you know, I would clean up my room and look, Hey, look, my room's clean. Well, Well, yeah, you didn't, you know, look, there's dust over there. You didn't pick up the garbage underneath your bed, but here I'm like five or six and, you know, that's pretty amazing mm-hmm. for a five or six year old to sure. do, sure. but just that repetitiveness. And then finally getting into adulthood after, you know, my addiction had set in, it, it just became second commonplace where right. it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm a piece of garbage, you know, and you get a compliment at work and it's like, yeah, that's what you think today. Or if or, you only or, knew what mm-hmm, really I did when I was at home right. or, you know, but at the same time, we're kind of fortune telling and not giving those people the opportunity to even know who we are because we're only presenting a portion of ourself also also we go out of our way to let ourselves do whatever we want yes and we become very narcissistic yes and i don't know if if you have a kid or a pet or if you really care about anybody you do not let them do whatever they want right you know yeah so it stands to reason that that if if i'm going to have any real love for myself then the first one of the first things i need to introduce into my life is some discipline yes Mm -hmm. you know That's actually the direction I think I ended up going more often than not was sort of this narcissistic view that, well, you know, it must be the other gender that's all my problem. You know, that mm-hmm. if I if without them my life would be so much simpler or whatever the case may be. And I, and I, I took that I think to an nth degree in terms of, uh, in terms of my work experience. You know, when you can when you can find a narrative, you can always backfill the story. Oh yeah, right. That's just how it is. And and all I needed was a narrative, and and then. And then I could find the stories that fit the narrative, and it was real easy to do. So I think we do that an awful lot. Yeah. And I think the key to it is, uh, you know, when we start talking about this topic is, is this ability then to, you know, as we start working through recovery, to, to, to you know, really to give ourselves a little bit of grace. It's to, it's to recognize that, hey, we, we, we really do have value. We really do have skill sets and abilities, and that we really do add to the human race, and that... Uh, um, the value that we bring to the table is important and relevant, and and what's great about that is is that uh, we, you know when we can build on that a little bit, when we can move forward with that a little bit, that we can move forward in our recovery. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say it's kind of also this weird, twisted version of perfectionism, you know, because everything else, you know, everyone else is great and wonderful, and I have to pretend and show this perfect 
you know, perfect mm-hmm. front because no one can see what's underneath. Yeah. And, you know, the, you know, coming through this, uh, like loving myself and accepting myself has been accepting I'm human. I make mistakes and realizing so does everyone else. Yeah. And making a mistake is actually okay. Yeah, it's okay. In, mm-hmm. But in the past, man, uh, even making a mistake was horrible. So then how do you untwist all of this? Because I remember there was a point in my life where, where I hated myself so much I would not even make eye contact with myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, I just I couldn't abide my own company, which is really unfortunate because one thing that is true of all of us, you are the one person you're going to spend your entire life with. And oh, if, yeah. you, if you're terrible company, then you're a miserable, <laughs> you're miserable, miserable wretch. wretch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> so so if for you know so here you are, you're stuck with yourself. How, how do you get to a point where you're good company? Well, I, I, I think it's a handful of things. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the incongruence that we talked about that okay. causes the conflict, I think. And I mm-hmm. think, uh, so literally what happens is as somebody starts down the path of recovery, that, that, that congruence starts to come back together. I know who I am. I know the values that I espouse. I know what I, I'm supposed to be doing. I was taught better than what I'm doing. And, and as soon as the behavior stops, some of that can start to come back together. Mm-hmm. And I think that heals. That 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 when that gap narrows, we can start to heal to some ex, to some extent. Love is a learned behavior. I mean, yeah. I think there's elements of love that, uh, and we all know that this is a d- disease of, of uh, you know, this this affects our intimacy levels. It yeah. affects our ability to be intimate with another human. Not 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 sexual intimate, but intimate in a communicative way. Yeah. And so it affects all those aspects that we don't feel comfortable in being not only with ourselves, but with others. And so those things are all affected. And we have to learn, and to some extent, I mean, I've been dealing with this disease since I was seven or eight years old, six, seven, eight years old, you know, in that neighborhood. That's a really young age to not like myself. Mm-hmm. And so through recovery, then you start to understand and, and understand developing skills to not only love myself, but to love others. And as that process moves forward, I think the thing you're talking about is is that the congruence kind of comes together, mm-hmm. and I think then you start learning how to love another human being and how to be intimate with another human being on a level that uh, that, that allows you to connect with other people. That's how I think it heals. I mean, for me, it was coming to the understanding that I have a choice. Everything is a choice. You know, I got to choose if I was going to be grumpy today, you know, or hate myself today. You know, if I screwed up, that you know, and did something wrong, I had a I had a choice right there. I could either be down on myself, or I could be accepting accepting that wow, I made a mistake, or something bad happened, but that doesn't have to ruin the rest of my day. And it was just a series of those over and over and over sure. again, to the point where it's like, you know, uh, I just recently moved, and someone had this wonderful curio cabinet that had my miniatures that I paint and they were in there and he knocked it over the door busted and I I know in the past I would have blown up and I would have screamed and yelled and I would have treated that person like garbage and I just looked at it and I'm like eh, I can go get an L bracket and some wood glue and it's good as new I think I felt I mean I could see that he felt horrible in his face and after I said that you could just see the relief in his face but that was a choice. I could have gone the total mm-hmm. wrong way. Yeah. And because I've made all, all this progress with making all these choices to accept just life as it is and not be down on myself, that I came to a point where I, you know, even on my worst days, I can accept that I'm still okay and I'm good 
and I'm worthwhile and lovable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I want to, I want to, um, the, the phrase I'm okay. Okay. Uh, I have a couple thoughts about that. Sure. All right. First of all, um, when people, when I was at my very, very worst state mm-hmm. and I might manufacture some kind of an idea to explain my bad mood or, or why I was upset or things like that. Sometimes people would tell me, well, you're okay. You're okay. And I thought, you're okay just the way you are. And I thought, well, that's not a message. That's not what I want to hear because <laughs> I'm miserable. Yeah. This is terrible. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. You and know? if only you knew, I would, if only you'd know that I'm not okay. Okay. So I think, I think it's really, really important to keep the idea of, of, you know, who I am and where I am is okay for the moment. That's a good place to start, sure. yeah. but it's not okay to stay there. No. Correct. And nor do I want to. Right. Um, as I was working through this or, or thinking about this topic, l- learning to love yourself, uh, the idea presented itself. We're gonna we're going to the New Testament here for a minute, so bear with me. Okay. okay. All right. So first great commandment, you know, to love God with right. all mm-hmm. of your heart, might, mind, and strength. Right. And then the second one is like unto it, which is that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what's interesting and where I'm going with this is that. If you love your neighbor as yourself, that presupposes that you know how to love yourself. Yes. Exactly. You know? So, and if it's like loving God, which is with all of your heart, might, mind, and strength, so now we can do a little bit of reverse engineering and think, okay, how would I show my neighbors that I love them? And what does it mean to exercise all of my faculties, my heart, my mind, and strength, and all of that in some kind of a devotion? And then, and then kind of turn that back. So what are some of the things that I would do for the other people in my life that would demonstrate that I love them. And then how, what does that look like when I'm doing that for myself? There'd be an element of service. for Yeah. Yeah. There'd be an element of service. One thing that I thought about kind of goes back to that thing I I said beginning. I would introduce a little bit of discipline. You know, I I love my, I love Mm -hmm. my kids. I love my grandkids, but I'm not going to let them do everything they want when they want. Mm -hmm. There's a time and a place for everything. Right. And when they're too young to make those own decisions, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to exert a little bit of my will and say, you know, you know, buddy, maybe we shouldn't eat the entire bag of candy. Right. You yeah. know, maybe one or two pieces is good enough. Yeah. And, and I do that because I love you. I love him. Yeah. You know, I, I love my, my grandson. And, and, and I thought, okay, so I need to exert a little bit of discipline. I, I need to take care of, of myself, you know, and do those same kind of things, you know, and not just a whole lot of, it's interesting how we look at boundaries as being some sort of imposed rule oh. when in fact the reality of it is it's a rule of love. It's a, it's a way of demonstrating that I love you because I'm not allowing you to, uh, to, 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 to make your own choice in the sense that it's going to damage mm-hmm. you. It's going mm-hmm. to hurt you. So that's, no, a, great, love, that's a great I, example. Yeah. So, so I've, I've molded that around in my thought quite a bit. You know, if I were, if I were somebody that I am, was responsible for, what would I do to take care of sure of me? You know, because I, ultimately I am somebody I'm responsible for. Yeah, right. You know, right. When that goes back to you know one of the critical tools for recovery, which is self care. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that we really we we probably lacked on, or what our version of self care was very diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to change that to you know like routines where we're taking care of our hygiene, taking a shower, brushing our teeth, flossing. I mean, you've mentioned multiple times where. Just that simple act of flossing your teeth has yeah. been been great for you. Uh, you know, doing the dishes, cleaning the house. You know, 
what yesterday Daniel did for me today. Yeah. Um, those are really good things to help I, build that. I uh, um, I always looked at a counselor-directed program and actually personal counseling as being part of that self-care. Mm-hmm. As being Absolutely. part of that. Absolutely. Yeah, look, I'm broken. I know I'm in trouble. And so I've never looked at it from a cost perspective. I've heard lots of people come through uh, their counseling sessions and complain, you know, about the cost or about this or about that. And I've never, I've never seen it that way because I think I'm worth it. At the end of the day, that's not to say that, you know, you know, it's an open ticket when I go see my counselor or whatever. But what, but what it is to say is, is that, hey, um, he's adding value to my life and I value my life and I want help and I want to, I want to overcome this addiction. That's all part of the self-care mm-hmm. thing. And he he has an expertise in this particular area, and I'm certainly going to seek out that kind of expertise. So, this isn't this isn't a value proposition in terms of dollars and cents. It's about it's about the continued process that that, that, that continually helping me and improve my life. That's I can't put a dollar figure on that. My life has been so much improved as a result of my my efforts with a counselor. Oh yeah, for sure. So, that's uh, that's part of self care. That's part of self care. Yes. No, I agree. So interesting topic, learning to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, uh, again, I think it's a learned behavior. Wherever you're at, you can learn to love yourself more. All right. Yeah. I have another thought for you guys. All right. Okay. I've often, I, I like this thought. And I think, I think I got this from reading something by C.S. Lewis. I think that's where it came from, but I'm not sure. Okay. But he said, he said something along the lines of that, um, if you want love, you have to love and be lovable. The rest is up to somebody else. Okay. That's a great thought. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, the, so if I, if I want love, if I want to receive love, then I have to give love right. and then mm-hmm. I have to do what I need to do to be lovable. Yes. yes. And I found that that logic works on a lot of things. I like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, respect is another one that I like to, to, to use that with, but, but with that with that line of thought, how do I apply that to myself? You know, if I'm taking care of myself, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. if I'm being genuine, I'm being authentic, you know, then uh, I'm removing those things, you know, from when we were talking earlier, you know, I said, you know that you're lying and you don't like it, but you lie. So you, you, you see what I mean? Right. So if you begin to remove those things, you start being lovable. Mm-hmm. You're easier to spend time with. Yes. You know, you start doing things that are, respectable you know you start respecting yourself you also need to make the decision of i'm going to put forth the effort to give love i'm going to take care of myself i'm going to put forth the effort to do those things yes you know so i'm going to behave in a certain way and i'm going to choose to act in a certain way and as weird as it sounds like you're negotiating with yourself things begin to fall into place they do. Yeah. you know and then you'll begin to say s- stuff like hey thanks yesterday gary that was really cool <laughs> well i mean that's why affirmations work so well because we're you know saying those positive things to ourselves mm-hmm. you know um our I, something i've learned is you know every time we've said well man i suck or i'm a piece of crap you know my brain's remembering that mm-hmm. and it's going all right well if you're if we're a piece of crap then it manifests ways to show that we're a piece of crap which just reinforces what we already think so if you can get to that place where you're thinking those positive things and saying yeah i'm worth this i'm worth the effort i'm worth you know making my bed or i'm worth 
having clean dishes in the morning so that I don't have to be cursing up a storm trying to get a plate so I can eat before heading off to work. Right. Um, you know, and you continue to say those positive things. Your brain starts, all right, we're worth it. We're awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's, and things start manifesting and, that and, way. And as strange as it is, I think you need to be grateful for that. Yeah. And, and, so, and that's really where the thank you yesterday me yes. kind of begins to come from. Because yes. you know what? I love nothing more. Like clean laundry is one of my favorite things. You love know? that. And, and, and so in the moment when, and I do my own laundry. So when I, you know, put on some clean laundry and I have that, oh, I love that smell, right? Oh, I love how this feels. I'll, I'll say, thanks yesterday, Gary. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And as silly as that might sound, yeah. it's really worked well for me. It has. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <clears throat> one of the topics that I have uh, been working with my wife, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize this, but I tend to be a very uh, sort of a you know half glass or glass half empty, half glass full kind of a discussion. I see the world. I see the world really in a lot of cases as though the glass is half empty. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that about myself. I did not know that, but it's uh, but it's translating into... When we start talking about being lovable, it's difficult to see to, to love somebody who's constantly seeing the world in a negative light. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, I'm discovering that about myself and about my interactions with others. That as I point out, you know, what I see in other people, a lot of times it's flaws. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, look at that person; he didn't do that. Well, what about that person? He didn't do that. And people don't like being with somebody like that. And so when we talk about being lovable. And learning to love ourselves and learning to love others as a learned behavior, eliminating some of those behaviors, some of those some of those forms of communication that we've learned to develop over our lifetime, not for any particular reason. It's just how we learn to communicate and how we learn to see the world. Now, there are a lot of times people don't like being around somebody like that. Yeah. So that's been very helpful for me as I talk about the value of a counselor or somebody being able to point that out for me. That's a that's a big deal. Well, I mean for me. I mean, with coming to accept myself in love, I, you know, I've found that I'm not fantasizing or looking at other women as much as I, you know, I used to. Sure. And I realized that had a lot to do with, you know, that I didn't, you know, I, I never felt like, wow, that person's going to uh, want to pay attention to me and or anything like that. Sure. And so this element of fantasy came in of, oh, wow, what would it be like with that person? Or look at that guy and his his wife and things like that. And I'm realizing now that, because I'm, you know, I, I don't worry about those things right. because I'm, I, I'm completely at peace and okay with myself that those things don't matter. Like, who cares if that guy's with that woman or if that person is attractive or whatever because I'm okay with myself. And I, I found that because of how uncomfortable I was with my own self that I was kind of in a way looking at these people and these women and stuff like that in a fantasy way of like, wow, well, if only I could be that guy or if only I could be such this amazing person that that person would go out with me and it just, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter now. Well, it's because, it's because you're good company. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have some company. serenity. Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm content and pleased, you know, so right now in this moment, I really wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So I'm going to be present in this moment, Yeah. you know, and right. I'm going to find some fulfillment and meaning and and be okay yeah and be okay yeah and be okay. yeah no i mean there's nothing more gr- amazing now than just being present with my kids or with friends yep. and spending time with them and i'm not worried about this or that or you know some woman that walked by you know uh, i don't i just don't 
it's so nice not to have to worry about those yeah, things. It's a, it's a great place to be. Yeah. It's a great place to be. Do you know, it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll share a little something. I just recently got a, I've been at my new job for six months and I got an, an evaluation. And do you know what one of the feedback I got was? I exude positivity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what a great comment. That's great. That's, yeah, what a great thought, review comment. Uh, yeah. I thought, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, there was a time in my life that I could not imagine that I could have been described with those words, with those words. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's a, a great a feeling recovery. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those moments. It's like, wow. Cause that was unsolicited. It was, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's and fantastic. you know, and they went and then they started listing off all of these things as to why. And I thought, huh, yeah, I do do that. I do. Well, yeah. look at that. Yeah. You know, which, which, <clears throat> which draws people to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, that, that positivity is something I believe that people seek out. We live in a tough world. Finding somebody who exudes positivity is a pos. that's a, that's a, that's a tremendous gift. That's a fantastic, fantastic thing. And I, I see that literally. I mean, if you don't see your own life as being one of those moments is that these are the words that would be describing me, that's a gift of recovery. Yeah. You've come a long way. So that's fantastic. Congratulations. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. It is amazing. I mean, one of the other gifts, uh, you know, from recovery and accepting myself, uh, you know, I've recently had to make a, a position shift, and now I deal with angry clients day in, day out. And it's like, as soon as I hang up that phone call, it's over. There is uh-huh. no weight or emotional backing in that. And this is like, all right, cool. You know, if I was able to resolve the situation, great. But a lot of times you're not able to. And it's just like, all right, we're done. And it, it's gone, um, which is really nice. Because wow. in the past, it would, it would, I would take that home. And I would be chewing on that for days or weeks. And that would just add to the fuel, to the sure. fire to get me to act out. But, you know, it's, it's wonderful coming to this place of peace and not have to worry about those things. But to have exude positivity, that's, I mean, the work is being seen even outside of this that's circle. Right. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of the ninth step promise. Yeah. Yeah. Do we think these are, do we think these are uh, big, big things? No, we think not. They're happening for us day in and day, day out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Good stuff. Good stuff. So. Well, uh, learning to love yourself. What a great topic. I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap up this episode. Yeah. With that, this is Mike saying do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Gary saying do the next right thing. And this is Daniel <laughs> saying find the humility in your recovery. Did we wrap up his? I wrapped up your, your talk, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEP-PODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.